0: Welcome back to Casual Obsession, a horror movie podcast. I am uh, Noah here today with Nina, Emma, and Jeff.
1: Hello, hey. The
0: movie today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to the
0: be movie different. today. <laughs> Stop interrupting me, Jeff. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just trying to talk about how today we are watching James Wan and Lee Winnell's Insidious. Um, Insidious released in. 2011, international debut at Toronto International Film Festival in 2010. Um, I, I only mention this because I found... Firstly, this movie was so hard to do any research on. I don't know why. There's nothing on this movie anywhere I looked around. There's the Wikipedia summary. But even within the Wikipedia summary, there's no fun anything. Nothing is interesting. Nothing is there. There's no good stuff for you to pull from it's so stupid because it's such a huge movie um but a lot of people will list this as being 2010s insidious this is 2011 2011 is when it made its official theatrical debut it was only in the film's festival circuit before that i feel like i don't know i wanted to clear that up because i heard both dates several times across the various podcasts i tried to listen to (laughs)
2: Yeah. So for the rest of this podcast, we are going to refer to official releases as uh, being the theatrical release because yep. nobody cares about film festivals. They're for nerds. No. They exactly. For nerds. I,
0: I'd love to go to one, but also they're yes, they're for nerds and rich people. You can yeah, watch a movie yeah. anywhere.
2: Why go to a festival for that?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a fun experience though if you're going to a festival that caters to your specific demographic. You're. I've never been to a horror movie screening that had just horror movie fans in it, you know?
2: True. Okay, I see the appeal there. I feel yeah.
0: like there would be, it. Rem- oh, you know what? Well, no, because it wasn't just people. But, like, I watched Hereditary with people who were taking it very seriously, and that made the movie much better for me,
2: mm, you
3: know? Okay, yeah. Well, but, like, so like,
2: for with a festival, though, it's just, like, how many horror movies are you going to watch all at once?
0: And that is the question, isn't it? That but regardless, sound very that's appealing to me. <laughs> I didn't catch Insidious in the festival circuit, and neither did any of us. Nope. No. So instead, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go down some of the stuff about this movie. So released in 2011, directed by James Wan, written by Lee Winnell. composer Joseph Beshara. Uh, I mention that because I need to stop specifying why I'm saying anything. It's not important. Um, I really love the soundtrack of this movie. You do? Uh, yeah, I okay. really do.
3: I
2: actually have in my notes that I hate it, so we can talk about
4: that. (laughs) Oh my god, we're already sticking to the Jeff and Noah must-have opposing opinions thing. So
0: here's why I love this movie's soundtrack. So much of the soundtrack is made with natural elements and, like, nasty sounds that instead of having, like, an orchestral building soundtrack, your main actual musical music is just that very frightening, boom, insidious Thirty-seven violins screech at the beginning and end of the movie.
2: See, I you know? don't like soundtracks that tell me when to be scared.
0: That's fair.
3: No, that's the
2: the i the thing I the movie think, do that.
0: I think, well, I have opinions about that too, but we'll get into that later in the movie. I have opinions
4: okay. on this movie's soundtrack and their choice of certain music that I would love to get into later on. I also yes. think...
0: I want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, important to mention, this is a Blumhouse movie. Um, Blumhouse goes back and forth on whether they do good movies or not, really like very Blumhouse. wildly. That's the problem, Blum-ow. isn't it? So Jason Blum is freaking loaded and he just throws money at various indie scripts to make a movie. Great, fantastic. It's gotten us some really cool ideas and it's gotten us some really bad ideas. Blumhouse also gave us um, Fantasy Island. I
4: was going to say Fantasy Island.
0: Fantasy Island was bad. It was bad fun, we but definitely it was bad.
4: definitely have to cover that one at some but
0: point. Blumhouse also to. gave us Insidious. Um with a budget of 1.5 million, this movie made 99.5 million dollars in the box office. Nice. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of return on this Hold movie. Up. And they only had 1.5 million to make this movie. Only yes i actually was dead amazed at that i definitely would have thought that they would i thought that they had more money in this movie but i thought about it has more money in it well that's the thing how many sets are there in this movie there's like three it's a very low set movie
2: three houses they got
0: nothing i yeah no it was a pleasant little uh surprise when i saw that james Wan is really good at making the most of a small budget Honestly, I don't though.
2: always like his movies, but boy, he knows how to wring every last dollar out of that thing. Oh, my gosh.
0: He he really does. Um, One thing I wanted to point out, this is a PG-13 movie. Uh, a lot of people in the horror community will turn their nose up at a PG-13 movie because, oh, it doesn't have the blood. It doesn't have the guts. It's not, It can't be scary if it's not rated R. They can't say the fuck word more than once. <laughs> you know, like, stuff like that.
2: They don't um, even say it once in
0: this no,
4: I don't, no, I don't they th- do. Do they? I do thought they? Patrick
0: Wilson did. Does he?
4: I don't I didn't remember. Notice. He did yell at the, like, psychic, so I don't remember what all he said in that. Oh, who knows?
3: Uh,
0: I don't remember. Maybe he doesn't. I, I don't know. think he did. Well, regardless, that's not important. It doesn't really matter. Um, uh, do you guys... I, I was going to give ratings for every movie. Not, like, my personal rating, but, like, the general rating across the board to see, like, where my rating landed with those, because I'm kind of curious. Y'all mind that?
1: No, go for it. Sure.
0: So, ringing it at a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 66% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd. This is. These are not great ratings. I was going to say,
4: that all seems pretty low for how, how I saw the movie, but I wonder if it was uh, different times. Also, I did, going into this movie, have the. Added context of everyone telling me that this is like a baseline horror movie that I personally had heard a lot about. Um, one of my friends is doing like horror movie exposure therapy, and this is one of the first ones that she saw. So I'm I I really felt like this was kind of a bog standard like horror movie that was pretty renowned as like pretty good.
2: No, not really. It's I think it's a good like like entry level kind of horror yeah movie. it's and this is actually something that james wan does really well he makes horror movies that have a ton of elements of other successful movies so and like you know the best example of that is the conjuring because the conjuring is like three different movies just kind of crammed into one but indeed yes and it's it, it winds up being an end product that like uh uh, a casual or a newcomer to the genre can kind of take in and appreciate in a way that a veteran probably won't, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. still good to help you decide if you want to get into the genre or, like, how well you'll be able to kind of.
3: That's,
4: yeah, that's super fair.
0: And that's why I think uh, these ratings are kind of neat, because you have, Letterboxd is a pretty new site, all things considered, and it I've has never heard of the, them. yeah, it has, like, the worst score out of all three of these. Um, I like it a lot. It's a it's a fun little easy-to-use thing. But I think that shows, like, this is current... Current impressions of the movie are not too hot. But here's the thing. Like, to tie in with that PG-13, that is... Uh, it makes this film accessible to younger audiences and people. Like you said, this is a good intro horror film. People who are afraid of getting into horror movies, a PG-13 will help set them at ease a little bit in that yeah. department it's more accessible. Um, and honestly, I think that makes this a great movie for things like that. Yes. Um, before I get into the summary, a uh, little bit of trivia about this. This was not meant to be a series. This was a one-off movie when it was written.
1: Oh. I'm um, surprised by that actually, considering the I ending. was completely yeah, actually unsurprised
4: my by
2: that. The memory of how the second movie like dovetails into this one actually had me thinking like, you know, this is good planning ahead and stuff
0: right no no didn't. i was thinking the exact same thing they didn't intend any of that they made now emma you obviously don't know this so i'm not going to get into any actual like spoiler things with the sequel but the sequel ties in my opinion perfectly into this movie making them a perfect paired set yeah um now uh, you know if if jackson were here he'd be like um what about spider-man 2 sam Raimi's spider-man 2 <laughs> he would be but... right mm-hmm so, but, like, that is, like, these, Insidious 1 and 2, they tie perfectly together. They yeah. resolve the internal story in what I find to be a pretty, like, satisfactory way. Yeah, these two movies, the this one and the second
2: one, uh, the way that they fit together, it doesn't feel like a first movie and then a sequel tacked onto it. It feels more like two pieces of a longer story.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: yeah. Yeah. Can I throw my odd one out opinion on this one then? Yeah. Um, as someone who this is like my first time dealing with this at all, I hadn't seen it before and I haven't seen the second one, um, but I, I have seen a few other horror movies. Um, to me, it felt like maybe they had like the idea that if it kicked off and made a lot of money, I don't know. But to yeah. me, it felt like one of those things where you have that woo downer ending that I feel like a a lot of horror movies actually do where it's like um you know
0: I disagree with that statement but continue yeah well okay but I won't interrupt
4: (laughs) where it's like we have this really cool setup I kind of saw the ending coming as soon as it seemed like everything was okay, I was like, oh, they're going to pull this. And they did. And I was like, that's a really good ending for this because it had me wondering what was like what happened after the ending. But I didn't necessarily it felt satisfying to me where I was like, "Ooh, haha, you got me. You know, I, I didn't feel like it was necessarily something where they were begging for a sequel. To me, it felt like it, it, one of those like downer ending kind of things. But that's just me. Oh.
2: See, I like a bleak downer of an ending, and this is not it to me.
0: I enjoy bleak downer endings, not because I want to see them all the time, but because a lot of horror movies chicken out of a bleak downer ending. Yeah, yeah.
4: that's why I liked this ending, was to me, and then, I, I like you said, the, the second one, which I have read a little bit about, does resolve some of that. So yeah. I don't even know if I want to watch it, because I, I do like having it because a lot of movies do chicken out of it, and this one didn't. And that's part of why I even liked this
1: movie as much as I did. It's weird because I have a lot of opinions on the ending and the third act in general regarding. Ooh, I'm mm-hmm. excited. Because I thought, like, I thought this entire time they were trying to build up to a second movie. And so I had complaints about the third act. Whereas now Good. that I know that they weren't planning on a second movie and this was just supposed to be a one off. It's, like, surprising to me, but we'll get mm-hmm. into that in the, like, spoilery part of the episode Yeah, discussion. we'll get to that later. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of all the pre-stuff that I want to say. Shall I get into the summary, and then we uh, kick off Emma's scare rating? Let's do it. All right. I wrote I wrote up a, a fun little thing here. Um, the tagline, it's not the house that ha- that's haunted, it's your son, is, in my opinion, the best way to summarize the movie. Yeah, because we start with the Lamberts moving into the new home and having like little experiences with the supernatural after their son falls into a coma, and that continues after you flee the house. That in it's not something that you see too often, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So they uh, they enlist the powers of Lin Shay to come. I don't actually know why I wrote down Lin Shay. In hindsight, I should have wrote Elise, because I'm referring to everyone else in this movie by their given name. <laughs> um, Consistency. We
4: stand a consistent king.
0: They. Enlist the powers of Elise to get them out of the situation, who tells them that their son Dalton is astral projecting and not actually in a coma. I think that this movie is a really fun watch, and I even wrote, giving the chills to some hardened horror vets, because Mm. I honestly, I think this movie has good scary moments. I see that Jeff disagrees with me, and I think that's okay. you can see that, even
2: though we're not looking at each
0: other right now. (laughs) What are you talking about, Jeff? We're around the big horror table. It's shaped like a pumpkin.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because my I watched this movie with my roommate Stacy, who's consumed Mm -hmm. way more horror media than I have. And, like, I physically jumped, I think, once during the movie. But, like, I was very tense the entire time. Whereas she, like, had seen the movie before, has seen a lot of other things, and she jumped, like, I think three times and had like physical reactions um, because she had forgotten about certain things.
0: (laughs) So that's kind of what I like about this movie. It's a really good movie for setting a tone. I remember the first time I watched it, I loved it and I watched it again two days later. Like Jeff, you remember that, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You and I watched the movie and then we immediately watched it like a couple days later as the movie night movie that we were doing. It was a pretty quick turnaround. We watched it very, very quickly.
2: So, the first time that I ever watched this movie was when, uh... Shit. um, (laughs) (laughs) What, I I I remember coming home and catching the second half. Was I watching it by myself? You must have been, because I had not watched it before I came home and found it on, and... As a result of that, I think that's part of the reason that I find it so lackluster as I kind of like messed it up for myself by catching the latter half and then being able to see the ending. Ah. Mm. Uh. Which is the you same way that's that cool. I ruined up for myself, fun fact.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god. I, I the first time up. that I saw up, I missed
0: the entire beginning. The entire part that makes you love Carl. Yeah, yeah I came that, like, in and everyone was crying and I was like, like what's baseline. going on here? And then
2: I watched like, the oh, whole rest of the movie. are like, oh, this asshole
0: old man, you know, and you're like, yeah, he's an asshole.
2: Yeah, exactly. But then the <laughs> second time that I saw up, I still didn't catch the entire intro. I just caught like the montage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just caught the montage and I thought that was the way that it started. And I was like, well, it's pretty sad, I guess, whatever. <laughs>
3: but then the third time i caught the
2: actual whole beginning and i was like okay i get it more now but also this whole thing has lost its power and it means nothing to me (laughs) jeff is
4: bad at watching movies and i think the same
2: thing happened to me with insidious here i caught the the last half of the movie and then caught the entire rest of it on a second watch and Mm -hmm. was not impressed.
4: I can see how this is a movie where catching the back end of it would greatly uh, lower the stakes for watching the first half.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and
2: if we... Well, I'll I'll save my next thoughts for when we get into the spoiler part now, I guess, if that's not where we're at right now. We're not there. No, Emma's got to
0: give
4: her a rating. Okay.
0: Yeah, because I think... We've all given, like, little thoughts of our uh, tags onto the brief summary of the film. So, yeah. uh, so real quick before the scare rating, though, do we recommend this to other people?
2: Yes. Yeah. I'd say yes. Yeah. I'd give it, like, a 5 out of 10, but I'd say watch it.
1: Yeah. Oof.
4: <laughs> I gave it a... Uh, let's let's uh, Emma do it. We can... Do it. I'll do the rest of our ratings later, but Emma. Emma, how how much did this movie scare our little horror baby?
1: Yeah, so... Um, as I've said, I'm pretty new to the horror genre, and to horror movies in general. Um, so with that explained, I would give up a one out of ten for scary. <laughs> um, that, that I'd give it a three. Sense, that old man. Was that mean. old it,
4: man was—he knocked dogs skulls off yeah. of the table.
2: You trying to tell me that's not scary? It's—it's it's one out of ten.
0: It's not scary. natural.
1: Um,
4: all right but, It's not zero out of ten it's one
1: but insidious um the most scary movie I've ever seen in my life obviously I give a 10 out of 10 scary um as I said before fair enough, fair enough. it only made me like physically jump like once but there were quite a few like jump out at you kind of scary parts um mm-hmm. and uh, the entire time I was... Very tense um, because I'll just get into this a little bit right now. But even though I haven't consumed a horror a lot of a lot of horror media, I am familiar with some of like the cliches and some of like the beats that they hit throughout the movies. And when mm-hmm. yeah. you can kind of expect like jump scares or something to pop out, um, you kind of
2: feel it coming. Yeah, you
1: kind of feel it yeah. coming, and. There are a couple things that really threw me off with this movie. One of them being you guys have mentioned the soundtrack um, and you have divided kind of opinions on it, but one thing I noticed is especially in the beginning and the middle of the movie, there's many, many, many times when there's no sound at all or there's Mm -hmm. not like a soundtrack going and when there is action, that's when kind of The soundtrack picks up like right when the action happens and so it could really happen at any time and the way that they filmed the movie they always had it where in the camera angle like they had the focal character of the scene um and then they had just enough space in the frame that something else can, like, pop up over their shoulder or just mm-hmm. suddenly appear or happen in the background. And so I was mm-hmm. constantly on edge thinking that there was going to be, like, something. Um, yeah. And sometimes there was. And sometimes <laughs> there was. But, yeah. So uh, 10 out of 10 scary. All right.
2: Very All right. scary. So spoiler time. Let's get time. into the
0: spoiler time. Hell
1: yeah. All right. This is, wait, wait. This is the spoiler, spoiler time, section. Um, hmm? We do, even though we don't really have many things for this movie, we do want to state that uh, we are aware a lot of people have various triggers and like hard times with certain aspects of media um, and the horror genre in general can hit a lot of those triggers. So we will be doing trigger warnings for movies uh, that we're talking about and uh, For this movie, we didn't really have any besides, like, ghost stuff and um, possession stuff. But... Yeah. If
0: if ghosts and demons are something that get to you,
1: this... Probably not your movie. uh, It's on
4: the list, but it's not, like, even that top of the list. But there are are demons and there are ghosts. Not not the
0: worst ghost and demon movie I've ever watched. But if that's something that really gets to you... If you do decide to watch, go into it with that knowledge. Just, you know, be aware.
1: Yeah. Um, But with that, we will kick off our spoilery discussion of the movie. So, if you haven't watched the movie and you want to watch it and you don't want to be spoiled, please um, stop listening now. Or maybe keep listening, but, like, don't actually listen. Like, have your device play Mm -hmm. it. But like so we get the or views, just come back but, you know
4: after you've seen the movie yeah exactly
1: but
0: honestly it's a t- it's it's almost a 10 year old movie if, you haven't, if you haven't watched it by seen now it, i know you're not likely to
4: unless someone asks you to to record an episode of a podcast <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go which could happen
4: <laughs> yeah it could happen to someone here not me
1: okay so spoiler discussion <laughs> start all, All right. right.
0: So one of the things I love an awful lot about this movie is there is minor to major foreshadowing throughout. Right. Yeah, There definitely is. Um, the Bride in Black, especially being teased in the very opening scene. Oh, straight well, up not even... shown. In the film. Oh, well, yeah. Straight up shown. Yeah. But there's like a lot of other moments like in the opening credits where like her outline is seen. Yeah. Like in the background things like that.
1: Really? I I didn't was... notice that.
0: Ah, subliminal. But you don't if you're not looking for it, it's just kind of like kind of cool opening credits and you're yeah. not likely to. And uh, I th- I think it's pretty neat that they started out with the shot of
2: like Josh's bedroom in his childhood home and then mm-hmm. the the woman in black and then the final shot is where she has actually taken over him. I think that's cool, that's mm-hmm. a neat connection.
4: It's a good mirroring. I love that that plays out throughout the whole movie of like when he's having visions, you think they're of Dalton, but they like call direct attention to that when he actually goes into the further and he thinks he's seeing Dalton, he turns around and sees his younger self. Yeah. It's like, oh, so that plays back into all those visions we saw earlier, it was you.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah. that's and- pretty cool. Before we move past this, I loved... So, you exit Dalton's room, and you're starting to go into the house, and you see the outline of the woman in the window. Yeah. And you see her walk to the side, and then you turn a corner, and it almost looks like there's a light at the end of the hallway, but then as it advances, you very quickly realize it's just the woman in black holding a candle. Yeah,
2: and that actually is the beginning of... Something that I'm not, I don't know, you guys all, somebody probably noticed, if not all of you. There is this, like, recurring, um, not really a theme, the shot. but I guess a visual gag with windows. Oh. Did you no. notice this? Mm-mm. I thought you were going to talk about... you have
4: to go a little further before I realize okay. whether or not I so noticed it. So
2: <laughs> there is this recurring uh, occurrence in the movie mm-hmm. where you see something on the other side of a window... And then the camera will, like, pan away or, you know, you'll see something else. And when you go back to look at the window, maybe the thing is gone, maybe it's still there. But then you come back to, like, the main character and suddenly the thing is right there. Like, in, uh, you know, to, to jump all the way to the end, when Josh finds Dalton in the demon's lab. And he looks oh, up right. at him up in his office and he sees him up against the window and then it pans down to him.
0: And, he's and then just he's like it.
4: outside the window.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say that is that is one of, in my opinion, the funnier scenes where he's just like up against the glass, like, he's like right yeah, he's out. just and right then, right up to it, yeah. But and that, that like oh shit, and then he comes down and he's just like. I'm here. <laughs> I
4: literally could not be less scared of a demon character. Right. I have never been less scared of a demon <laughs> character in they my life. They didn't
0: make him
2: look real scary. But yeah, like, was... this is a thing that happens a lot with windows in this movie. It's the same thing yeah. with the the Danzig guy when he first shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. pacing yeah, all around dangerous. outside the bedroom window and you see him walk around. You see him walk past the window a couple of times and then suddenly he's inside the house.
4: Mm-hmm, Which mm-hmm. I think is
2: a really cool moment and I wish the soundtrack didn't ruin it. Yeah, the soundtrack is very
4: jump-scary.
2: Yeah, and that's my problem. It's all, like, relying on startles. That's my big problem with the soundtrack. That's my problem with the scares in this movie. It's all based around startle responses, which have nothing to do with what actually scares you. It's just a startle.
0: Now, here's what I do like about the soundtrack, though. When it comes to a scare moment, It doesn't build up scares in the same way that a lot of other movies will do. In my opinion... True. You'll have a lot of times when the music cue punches in after the scare has happened. True. It lets the scare come naturally first, and then it pops in. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and all the soundtrack that is
2: there is cool sounding, and I like it. I just wish they had utilized it a little bit differently.
0: I... So, yeah, I thought... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Emma.
1: Yeah. Like, with my perception of horror movies, like and the soundtrack thereof. A lot of my understanding and expectations of what it is, is there's like the creepy low, like music playing as the person's walking through the dark hallway, and then suddenly like it picks up and scare happens. And so with that, with that kind of expectation of what music and horror movies is, my thought process is like, okay, so when the music starts playing, I understand like something's probably gonna happen like pretty soon and typically there's like a timing or a pacing to it that you can kind of adjust to and get used to to know when the scare is gonna happen and mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. with this movie and the soundtrack not picking up and not like doing that um and the sound only really playing like as the scare is happening it like threw me off a lot and it kind of challenged like, my expectations and my Your ability to, like, perceive when the scare would happen exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's and there, like there
4: will it. definitely, there will definitely be movies that have exactly what you were expecting to happen will happen. Because that is a trope for a reason. Yep. Um, but <laughs> I think
0: my favorite egregious example of that trope is in uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Mm. Where every single time things got intense, like an air raid siren started to kick into the background, <laughs> just slowly building up until the break moment when, you know, Batman throws Joker into a window and runs out of the room or whatever it is that ends up happening. Yeah, uh, I just there will be moments that are that in your face blatant and then there's going to be other times when it's something like this that is intentionally misleading you yeah you know what i just realized that
2: the entire (laughs) flow of the dark knight is just like the joker is in places and then batman shows up and the joker makes him so uncomfortable that he has to leave
3: And that's the whole
2: movie. Just over and over.
4: Bruce Wayne is a place. The Joker shows up to that place. Bruce Wayne leaves. Batman comes in, kicks the Joker's butt just so that he's not there anymore. And then he leaves. And then
0: the Joker's just like, what if I dropped her out a window? What if I told you she might blow up? And Batman's just like, oh, and he leaves. I
4: gotta get out of (laughs) here. Um, but I had something to say about the soundtrack really quick Um, I've watched a few movies recently um, where most of the music used was diegetic um, if any music at all like I watched uh, uh, Hard Candy with Ellen Page um, and that's more of a thriller but there's no music through most of the movie except for like two scenes where it's diegetic so I noticed it with this movie but I was like ah that's just a weird trend in movies I've been watching recently but now that you mention it Emma it is pretty I think it's pretty cool I think it lends something to the movie I wish the music that was there wasn't as like jump scary though
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and for, for those in our audience that maybe don't know what diegetic means um, could you oh, explain thank you. that yeah, real quick? Some of <laughs> our right, listeners yeah. I know might not know. I know, I Di- know what it means. But... Diegetic, <laughs>
4: diegetic just means that the characters in the movie can hear the music. like It is playing from a radio or something in the scene so that the characters in the scene know that it's happening. Um, oh. if it's not diegetic, that means that they can't. So there's some diegetic movie in Insidious, for example. Um, they put on a record player and it starts playing one song, but then when she leaves, uh, it starts playing another different song, the which
1: is The spooky song. That song, like I was watching <laughs> like I was Netflix partying with another friend too, and she was yeah. like super creeped out by that song. I thought it was fucking oh hilarious. <laughs> and it just... I thought it was funny. Sure. It just, like, made things so much easier for me in those scenes. Because yeah, I like was just, it like, dancing like along to be, and having fun.
2: Yeah, they put it in like it's supposed to be this really, really scary song. But then it's just... If, if you look at it as being goofy, it's just goofy.
1: Yeah.
4: I think Vine ruined it specifically for me. Because there are a few Vines where they use it to, like... I don't know. Like, there's one it gets base boosted after the like little drop and a butterfly like gets eaten alive. And it's just the goofiest fucking thing. So that's the context I went in to the movie oh. with. So thanks Vine for making <laughs> me laugh at the scene where they reveal the, the demon. He's like sharpening his nails on a I think that's a comical
2: a scene anyway. I don't think that has to be ruined for you. I think that whole scene, the way it plays out just looks so it's like so comedic funny. it's it's yeah. a little rough yeah it's,
4: <laughs> it's honestly they're trying like, to channel hysterical. their freddy Krueger energy and it
2: just that was doesn't exactly play what out. i was thinking it reminded me of the freddy making the glove scene except like you know comedy parody of it
1: it's regarding the demon's design because a lot of the costuming <laughs> and the makeup for like the various ghosts that they see especially like The old woman ghost that you see at the beginning Mm -hmm. and at the end. Yeah, the Um, other
2: ghosts look good, I
1: think. They look really good. They're very, very creepy. Was really, like, Mm -hmm. unnerved by them when they were talking about the demon. And, like, the lady was describing seeing it on the ceiling and was describing it to the guy. And the guy was drawing it that drawing looked really creepy and was really cool the Mm -hmm. first
2: couple of looks that we get are really good like the one that um the mother-in-law talks about from her dream when we see that yeah that looks good if they would have kept him looking like that and kept him like
1: vague yeah he would have been so much better
0: i have that in my notes too i was so sad because that first shot he's got better horns he's got like weird pierced ears he doesn't look like he's got a big bald spot. Yeah. Like, yeah. if he didn't... If they had leaned into the Darth Maul look more, I, I really think it would have treated them better because I yeah. think it would have been scarier. Well, I Or just, taken... like, give him hair or don't.
4: Yes. Don't yeah.
0: give him the horseshoe.
4: No. and And here's the deal. I would have taken an entirely different direction with him as a designer because when she said blood red face as she's describing him i almost imagined like someone who didn't have a face it's just kind of like bloody and kind of gross yeah but it's a pg-13 movie unfortunately and i Mm -hmm. think that's how we ended up with darth maul
2: and he is actually listed in the credits as lipstick face demon (laughs) yeah that's
4: even what
2: (laughs) see so firstly they should have
0: just listed him as red face demon
3: but lipstick they, face Well,
2: here's demon. the thing. That's because his demon. makeup was lipstick. They don't have to specify anything. They can just call him the demon. There's not He is demon the only the demon.
4: <laughs> he is the only demon in the
2: movie. <laughs> yeah. You don't Good have point. to give him a <laughs> stupid name.
0: <laughs> and actually, so, mm-hmm. that actually does raise a theory I have here, right? Oh. So, you know, when Elise is giving her talk about the further, she talks about how it's a realm of the dead, right? right. But I think it's kind of clear that there's some, like, other things going on there, too. You know, yeah. like, it's yeah, not I
2: actually just my dead people. I, I kind of want to know more about the further. Like, is it is it like a purgatory? Is it a limbo? Is it is it hell? We you see get, a, a group you, of people it's not hell. reliving their own violent death, apparently. So what's see,
3: happening? I here?
0: think it's more of a limbo thing because it's, okay. not, it's not hell. Because I think she does specify that it's not hell. Okay, and if she doesn't in this one, then she does in a different movie. Yeah, but, but it also like it seems obvious that, um, lipstick face—that's what
2: I'm calling him. Lipstick <laughs> face is kind of like in charge. He's kind of like controlling
3: so the other ghosts and stuff.
0: Spoilers here, Emma. But each movie has a ghost that seems to be more in control than others, right? Yeah. So like, you know, you got um, you've got the wheezing man. I think his name is, in the third one. I think they call him Lil um, Wayne. Lil Wayne. <laughs> yeah, you got Wheezy. Wheezy.
4: <laughs> Wheezy. You know, and then
0: you've got the Keymaster or something.
4: Well, I don't know, that's some good. dumbass piece, name in sense. the last
0: key. But, you know, like, each one has its own, like, top dog. dog. And I re- <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> dog. <And laughs> it makes okay. me think, because, like, the way I see it, Lipstick was the definitive ruler of his little corner of the Further. Mm-hmm. He had a it physical that room that was his room. It wasn't anyone else. It wasn't, you know, the Lambert's house on this in- eternal time loop. Right. It was his room. And I want to talk more things. about
2: that room later.
0: Okay, cool. But it, can uh, be- it in my opinion, and he's not he's not a human. He's got goat hooves. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's all anatails, the other ghosts you you we bitch. see. Exactly. <laughs> Those his who. those are his (laughs)
4: wheezy part two um yeah
0: like the way i see it that means that he is actually a demon Mm -hmm. while everyone else is just an ascended dead person yeah but they
2: don't really talk about what being a demon means it's not they really don't this guy doesn't work for satan apparently they don't so, get yeah, into it. yeah, that's I had
4: a, thoughts on that one. Like a Christianized um,
2: concept of a demon. He's just kind of there a, was
4: no, no religious imagery. Yeah, none at all. Which is something that because we've watched three movies. There's a priest uh, who's movies. present for
2: about fifteen
0: seconds, and then fifteen seconds. Well, on and then he's that gone. note, actually, <laughs> yeah. Why was he what there? What's up with that? No, no. Here's the thing. What is wrong with Josh? That he comes... <laughs> no because he walks in, knowing his wife is having a bad time, and he's like. <laughs> Why is there a priest here? You haven't been to church in years. I was like, yes, dude, I have that if written your in wife my notes, is looking to wrote, a
2: priest. I have that in you, my notes. I just wrote dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he's being such a dick in that he moment is. and
0: throughout like, the entire movie, really. Throughout the movie. Like, his wife is afraid. Yeah. And she is reaching out to a priest. And she never reached. She hasn't been to church in years what that what in that moment in. what in that moment made him think oh huh, huh, my bitch wife out here <laughs> talking to a priest what is this the start of a bad joke and then he oh, just like waits in silence for someone to laugh and he's like hey uh taps mike the start of a bad
2: joke
3: <laughs> and it's just like yeah no, dude, and i think there's a couple other funny. moments
2: in the movie where he like goes to make a joke and it doesn't land because it's not yeah. funny And
0: And there there were a couple of moments where Becca
2: pointed out that she didn't think he was acting very well. And I, I don't think that can be it because it's Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson is a really good actor. I think he's trying to make
0: this guy unlikable on purpose. Oh, yeah. Ah, no, that is actually uh, a heavy theory. Nina, if you want to say your I bit first. I just
4: want to pull back to the whole demon oh, sorry. thing really quick. Oh, yeah.
0: Go
3: ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, pull back. I
4: was going to... I just wanted to drop this before we do talk about how much of a dick the dad is, because I do have opinions. But um, I was just going to say, uh, apart from the priests, zero religious imagery. We've watched... Noah and I have watched three movies with demons in them recently. Um, Event Horizon and then uh devil's candy and then this one and devil's candy is the only one that had overt religious imagery in it uh and i find that really interesting because in this case i think that the demon is more of like uh in stranger things like the demogorgon just a being that exists in that other plane yeah oh Um, yeah yeah because the further reminds me a lot of the upside down in a lot of ways for sure but the Demogorgon and Lipstick Face both seem to be like the, oh, I'm in another dimension, but boy, wouldn't I love to get into yours kind of a thing. Yeah.
2: That is their Sleazy whole star salesman. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can I say... But yeah, that's all I wanted to say yeah. about that. Real quick, um, regarding the Further, it's described as this very... It's described as this thing that's like obviously far away. It's called the Further the lady that the family is talking to that describes this place to them and kind of tells them that this kid has been astral projecting um and Mm -hmm. eventually just accidentally got too far away and now can't find his way back because he's in the further i was expecting it to be like this thing where he had to get sucked into this very far away place or something but they've alluded yeah, it becomes to like an adventure
2: or quest like, or something
1: yeah they've alluded to this kid like flying around in his dreams and like all this stuff and yeah then when the <laughs> yeah, adult then we get there does that it, never happens the further is like right outside his door <laughs> and i'm like yeah <laughs> so,
2: and I the kid didn't even goal, go that far he went into the
0: attic. Yeah well there's like levels of the further (laughs) is what i understood from that though is that the kid went far enough into the further that the further locked him off but since it's a dimension without time and space really when patrick wilson leaves and he's just like ah i know exactly where i need to go and the further let him do that because he knew what he was doing kind of thing that's how i read that that you need to kind
4: of have a goal Mm -hmm. to be able to get in and out because that is something that they alluded to more than once with like him needing to have one foot in the real world kind of a thing he needed to be anchored to the real world it seems that if you're if you the longer time that you spend there the less aware you are of why you came kind of a thing which i love and it seems that like the moment that dalton like heard josh and heard elise and stuff he started to like snap back into and be like ah oh, crap i gotta get out of here
0: and i think on yeah. dalton's front as well it's not that he was like lost and distracted so to speak he was simply far enough away that since he thought he was safe because he thought it was a dream then the demon came in and was strong enough since right, dalton right. had no concept of the fact that this was real yeah the so demon came in up. and was able to overpower the situation yeah
2: that's true yeah and that, that makes more sense than what they actually say in the movie.
4: Yeah. I it's feel like easy the enough movie's to put it description. Together, but
2: the movie itself is, like, just a little bit too vague on that stuff.
4: It is always hard to describe, like, this is something I actually had to complain about. I did complain about it to Noah. It's when you have supernatural elements, I may be an exception in this, and it might also be weird for someone who does enjoy, like, cosmic horror, which has little to no rules, but I right. enjoy... A little bit of a guideline to my ghosts, like how they work there in have the to world, be rules. especially when the there movie. There have to
2: be rules and it has to be consistent. Yeah. Yep.
4: When the movie gives enough of a shit. to like have someone explain what the thing is like elise does where she's like oh the ghosts can't be in the physical world so they want dalton to be able to interact with the physical world again but then at the end of the movie for some reason they're all able to start like banging on the doors and need to be shut out physically out of the house now to be
0: fair we did see tall danzig in the house i actually wrote him down as uh looking like bella lugosi because the <laughs> okay. first time you see him standing over the uh, the crib thing. okay and i'm like hmm that vampire looking dude looks like bella lugosi and well, then yeah, i just we went see straight for i just went
2: straight for thinking he looked like danzig and i could not turn back from that
4: <laughs> i definitely thought danzig as well even though i couldn't like put a name to it
0: yeah once you said it i also see it <laughs> but still okay so i'd like to return to patrick wilson
4: Right. Okay. Let's talk because, about Patrick. Yeah. Let's Wilson. bitch about this man.
0: So here, here's a, like he's obviously not a great dad, right? He's Certainly kind not. of distant. Um, there's a lot of theories behind that, and the main one being he just kind of is a little absent due to them wiping the first eight years of his life. That's which fair. makes a bit of sense. One of those things where the, since they suppressed those memories, that kind of carried on into the rest of his life, where it just it hurts his human interaction. That's why, yeah. Uh, since they shut down his ability to astral project and his memories of the entire situation, he is now incredibly skeptical of supernatural things. He comes in and he's like, you know, I don't know what you want me to do, you know? Like, yeah. ghosts aren't real, sweetie. After he watches his door get blown open and, like, all these situations happen, and he's just sitting there like, like... the
4: trolls in oh, Frozen. what is
0: this? We just need a rabbi, and this is all set to go. <laughs> but I'm... <Ba-dum-boom. laughs> Yeah, and also um,
2: Renee brings up his tendency that he has apparently to just kind of avoid problems instead of addressing them, which Mm -hmm. feels like it would probably be a direct result of that kind of thing. Yep. Because what is that that if not avoiding a problem but not addressing it?
0: I actually really enjoy the part where she directly references him like dancing around a parking ticket, (laughs) and he's like, hey- you watch this or because like, apparently that struck a real nerve. (laughs) And I found that to be really funny because she's like, you know, with Dalton, the parking ticket. He's like, Hey now, (laughs) (laughs) that, that was a
2: moment that felt uh, a little more real than a lot of their other interactions. The rest of the Mm -hmm. movie. and
0: See, that's, that's why I feel like that's why he was playing him that way. Yeah. Is because he knew he was basically an amnesiac character. And so, like, little things like that, he just let kind of go to the side and just kind of be, like, not right. Which mm-hmm. is why he was, like, you know, he came, like, look at the beginning of the movie. They start out the day, and it's just this hectic, firstly, actually, no, bigger issue with the beginning of this movie. Who yeah. takes time to set up their living room knickknacks, but they didn't unpack their dishes? <laughs> True. I get that True. you unpack boxes
2: and As you go, right? I was going to say, actually, the bigger problem is that we see Patrick Wilson brushing
0: his teeth, but he's already got his work clothes on. What a rookie. Okay, yeah, no, that that too. We cannot
4: be cinemasins. I'm sorry. We just can't.
0: Okay, fair enough. But I do like the little, like, tics they give him about, like, apparently he's afraid to get old because he's, like, plucking his gray hairs and very much, like, trying to maintain a youthful appearance at all times. I was kind of wondering what the thing was with that. I think there's a fun payout with that in the second movie. Okay. But, you know, we're judging just on this movie. Blah just blah blah blah. blah. But, yeah, you know, that man comes down. Firstly, how does he not know what a wax fruit feels like?
4: <laughs> he just takes a whole chunk out it's of like, that thing. like, uh-huh,
0: polish, polish. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, are you trying to be, like, slapstick funny for your kids? But then he's like, honey, <laughs> where's my fruit? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, um... Hey, buddy, you okay? But yeah, you know, he comes in and it's just a hectic mess. Kids eating cereal out of the giant coffee mugs. Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, how's everyone doing?" High fives people, kisses babies. He's like, "Well, off to work. Can you take the kids to school? Oh, can't. Can you take them home? Oh, can't." And then he just leaves. Yeah, there was no
2: communication <sighs> about that ahead dick. of time.
0: That's not great. He's such like a that.
4: dick. I did not like this character. I I admit that listening to you guys talk about the nuances of his character is making me like him less and less because I just, he was a dick through a lot of the movie. He was nice sometimes, but most of the time I just did not like him. There are characters that, like, they mess up. They neglect parts of their life. And I still like them as characters. But with sure. him, I didn't. And when no. I realized that he was going to be the savior in the last third of the movie, I just got annoyed. I was like, really? Mad, this right? guy's my hero? Suck a dick.
2: Yeah. He's <laughs> not
0: great. I don't like him.
1: I actually kind of liked him.
4: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I liked him I liked for the wife. reasons
0: I'm putting forth. I enjoyed him because... He was a well-acted, bad character.
4: I think but it's that's not fair.
0: obvious enough why he's like that, is the problem.
4: I I agree with Jeff on that one. Mm. Yeah. I mean,
2: I think that's
0: fair. You know, Chris,
2: I, I like the amount of detail if we're going to look this closely at it, but we shouldn't have to look this closely at the movie to understand why a character is the way that he is, you know? We should have a better what? idea just from watching. I,
0: I don't know. I disagree, because I feel like there's a lot of stuff that you can get out of, like, like show don't tell kind of situations like that
4: i think the moment the reveal hit when they told him that he'd had his memory erased that did key in a lot of the shit that had happened in the past not just the like oh he didn't like having his picture taken but a lot of the other ways that he acted did hit kind of different at the moment that i heard the reveal Uh so i do agree that there are some things that like i wish that But it was by the time that reveal was made We only had like a little bit of the movie left And they had to wrap up a whole lot of loose ends So I yeah, It's just, I'm glad there's a sequel but Which I think
2: comes into What Emma was saying about having some issues With the third act of the movie Because it kind of feels like Two separate movies,
0: doesn't it?
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah Emma, I do want to hear your thoughts on the third act of the movie
1: Uh, Do we want to do that now? Sure, okay Uh,
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't know that we want to kick into the third act quite yet are we I sure mean, we haven't even talked about any of the like the mid-era stuff
1: well this is gonna kind of like talk about that stuff too um cool. it's gonna talk about the third act in relation to the rest of the movie
0: in that case there's one establishing shot i want to bring up go for and it and then kick into it what is so that? this is what i thought jeff was talking about with his like reoccurring like thing oh with the windows mm-hmm. is when in the very beginning, you turn the corner and you think it's a hallway, but it's actually the bride in black with a candle.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Um, that is very reminiscent of the hallway grandfather clock shot as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. And very much. every single time you get that hallway shot, it's like, uh oh, I don't like this. Something is going to happen. Yeah, You know, something's up. Yeah. There were
2: so many lingering shots on that clock. I kept thinking it was going to come back and be relevant. And it kept and it never not did. being important, and I was disappointed. I wrote clock in my notes, and it meant nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate Stacy did mention that's a creepy ass grandfather clock. But other than that, yeah. It did stick out. As long as
2: we all agree about the clock,
1: <laughs> the clock is the <laughs> focal point of the movie, everyone. They should have called mm-hmm. it clock. Yeah, should have just been <laughs> clock.
0: I guess it originally, apparently, was going to be called The Further. And that was its, I believe, title when it was going to be a single movie. Also, also, Patrick Wilson got this job, but Ethan Hawke was originally, like, tapped for the role.
3: I could see that. Oh, isn't he the
0: Sinister guy? He's the guy that came out in Sinister, right? You know, yeah. Yeah two adjective negative adjective movies. I get yeah. them mixed up all the time. Now and, that I've seen uh, both of them, I want I, I feel, feel like weird. they are very
2: similar movies just in different like subgenres kind
0: of.
4: They they really yeah, do. Yeah, Sinister feel came like...
0: out the next year, very close to each other. I think Sinister's better. Yeah. But, you know, I like it more. We'll get into that sometime. Well, Not it talking
2: scarier. about Sinister
1: today.
0: Cuz Emma's going to talk about her problems with Act 3.
1: Yeah. Here here's the thing with horror movies for me and my perceived flaws in the horror genre especially in regards to like ghosts and monster movies and things of that nature. I feel like a lot of times the third act is hard to nail because like the first two acts are where you get to have like a lot of fun with like your monsters or your creatures where like act one in this movie is a lot of kind of like little hints of things and dropping things Mm -hmm. here and there having some stuff in the background um, and setting up and establishing kind of the premise where they move out of this creepy house and then they're still having problems in this new house and they're finding out that it's like their kid that's haunted Um, Mm -hmm. and in the second act you're getting a lot of kind of like the creepy haunting moments of Like, the guy passing through the window and the demon being behind the dad, like, during just Mm -hmm. a regular conversation. And just all this other stuff, you're getting a lot of that. And there's always kind of, like, the question in these two acts where there's a lot of, like, most of the movie, it's, like, normalcy. It's, like, regular Mm -hmm. kind of life with these supernatural elements of, like, Mm -hmm. ghosts and demons and shit. Um, And then the third act, they're like, okay, now we have to establish, like, how do you fix this problem? Like, how do you defeat these demons and ghosts and stuff and return things to normal? Um, Mm -hmm. And so you have to come up with this, like, actual solid kind of rule system for the ghosts in some way or the other so that they can be beaten. Mm -hmm. And in this one, it's like oh astral projection like you're not actually kind of Uh like super haunted it's just that your kid astral projected out and oh Uh dad you Uh can do that too and like you have to do that to go save your son and it becomes kind of like this like action movie almost
4: it turns into more yeah. of, like, a fantasy movie where you have, like, the supernatural creatures that you're fighting. Yeah. I have this complaint with movies, too. I'm yeah. so yeah. glad that you're, like, putting into work. And
2: it's such, well, and also, like... we're just learning things too late in the movie. Yeah. We should know mm.
1: everything by that point. It's such just, like, a huge shift. And, like, of course, like, the guy saves the kid or whatever and, like, blah, 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 blah. Things end happily, in quotation marks. But that's the problem I feel with a lot of horror movies is they try to agreed. take these easy way outs of okay now we've got to like root the creepy shit into like a defeatable thing yes, so that the movie agreed. can end yeah.
4: that's that's a big I have the same problem that's why I like the ending in this movie is because like it wasn't a clean slate defeat Yeah, like it we didn't it wasn't any kind of defeat.
2: They just kind of outran him.
4: Exactly. Like they cleaned up all. Like it wasn't a clean sweep. Like we didn't like get a happy ending, which is my problem with like. uh I could list so many movies that I have the same problem with. On the, off the top of my head, A Quiet Place is a big one for yes. me. Yes,
3: <laughs>
1: I haven't seen that one like, either.
4: You're gonna, no, you are good. gonna feel that way about A Quiet Place. Sorry to say that. Yeah. But I have other movies that I really like that don't do that. Like, I think a big one off the top of my head is one that we're gonna hopefully talk about soon Annihilation, where I didn't feel like they dropped a bunch of rules on me at the last second and tried to make it a de- defeatable thing. We got reveals, we got like things that cleaned up different story things we were wondering about, but. It didn't feel like the last minute, let's turn this into an action movie thing. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. No,
2: not at all. If anything, it got less like an action movie as it went along.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's like one of my things with ghost movies and demon movies is, like you said, hopefully earlier on in the movie or in the middle of the movie, they start introducing these things that kind of pay off in act three as the way that they overcome the problem and it's hard to do that with ghosts and demons because their whole shtick is that they're like in this other world and they're a bit like unexplainable Mm -hmm. and intangible and because of that it's hard to kind of like overcome them through solid like actionable means but i feel like when you really kind of dig through in world like in your movies world and everything for how that can be done and like really kind of wrestle with some of like the harder story concepts to have like yeah a better act three that doesn't seem so like out there from the rest of the movie it pays off really well but in this case it just it fell flat in a lot of ways yeah,
4: and here's here's a question that I have for hor- as a horror movie thing in general that I'd like to put out there because it's a problem that I have with a lot of horror movies that encapsulates oh. like what you were just saying, Emma. Does the problem need to be overcome for it to be a good horror movie? Because mm-hmm. I feel I feel like a lot of horror movies really want to have the protagonist win, but I don't necessarily go into a horror movie hoping that someone makes it out alive. That's all I'm saying.
2: I. I think a couple of my favorite horror movies that I've watched, the ending, uh, like the movie kind of ends with the protagonist in almost a worse situation than they started in.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think like those are great things and they kind of did that with this movie and that the dad is now possessed and on the run, but like eh, in the same way, I, I just like the idea of like in these horror movies, they're fighting against this thing and they don't exactly win they just kind of get away um yeah Mm -hmm. like if i think in this case even though it's like tragic and difficult um and maybe people would complain about it if they had tried all these different things to try to save their son and there turned out to be this huge sequence where the demon is kind of what the demon and some of these ghosts are like terrorizing them in their house and they eventually just have to face the fact that like they just have to leave their son or something and like they Ooh. can't like face this mm-hmm. i think that would be like super be interesting bleak. and really compelling yeah. and bleak it, but yeah it would like leave an impact reminds
4: reminds me of the dragon age uh origins plot where there's a possibility that you have to like let this kid get possessed or kill the kid or someone has to die in it in like the similar plot of like going into this other dimension to try and like get rid of the demon and there's a possibility in that plot that yeah you just kill the kid to keep the demon from coming into the world right it's like that is bleak as hell but it is also very interesting yeah
2: more interesting than just straight up saving him by shoving ghosts <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. Apparently powerful than them. That's, the that's something alive. that bothered yeah. me an awful
0: lot. He
3: beat Why the dancing guy up just later? by
0: pushing him into a wall. Yeah. yeah. At least it's just like uh, you're stronger than them, Josh. And Josh is like, "Oh shoot, you right?" And then he just pushed <laughs> him out the out of the building.
4: I hate how yeah, Elise is the I expert, but it takes Renee saying, "Elise, say something," for Elise to say anything yeah. helpful. Elise just like
0: watching him get beat to shit in the <laughs> further. and She's just like, "Damn, glad that's not me." Yeah. And then Renee's like, oh, "We we brought you here because you're an expert." And she's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. Oh <laughs> right. Josh. So, Josh. you're more powerful."
1: I hated like, in those scenes that when, like, before the dad left, um, Elise was saying like, okay, like, listen to my voice. My voice will guide you back to us. Like, blah, 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 blah. And then she didn't say a single She never thing. said she a fucking talking. thing. Yeah. She was like, okay. <laughs> not, like, he the, has what your what son. God. He's gonna come back. And then she's just sitting there, like, sipping on her tea or whatever and not like, saying well, fucking shit. Out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and,
0: yeah, she's just sitting there. She's like, Renee, you have to call him back. Yeah. And it's just like, why are you here? Yeah,
1: It's like, Renee's not the spiritual conduit that has a bunch of experience in this shit. You are. Maybe All you Renee should be can the one. All do is scream, Josh, follow my voice. No. And you know, the best over thing,
0: over thing though. And I noticed this, I noticed this first in the, uh, in what I think is a really cool seance scene. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was dope as hell. Oh, head. it was it's a, really a pretty really cool seance one. scene. I love how instead of a candle, they had a Fisher price lantern. <laughs> yeah. I love Like That was a, oh plastic toy lantern and then absolutely love the detective guys and
2: all of their equipment and how blatantly jerry-rigged it is i love it it. so much
0: did you know specs is played by lee winnell he's the guy who wrote the movie yeah 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 i think that's that's cool
4: that's pretty he's a decent actor too but
0: after after the um after that seance Josh is out here in the further, and they gave him the same stupid lantern. They're like, here, Josh, your only weapon against darkness will be this Fisher-Price lantern. And it's just like, and it's like, go beat up Danzig. We believe in you. Like, I don't
4: get the you're God, stronger because you're alive thing, because he's been like chased around the house by these ghosts the whole time. Yeah, And he's like... If he was stronger than them, I feel like he. It, it comes down to believe in yourself, Josh, and then you'll be able to kick ass.
2: That seems to be when you're astral projecting, yeah, because the only reason Dalton's in trouble, they say, is because he thinks that he's not actually in danger.
4: Until and he if he
2: were to just think, think
0: that he was in danger, he'd be able to get away. But that's...
2: See,
3: Apparently. That's, that
0: is actually something that does bug me, is, like, if he doesn't believe he's in danger, he should be safe. Yeah. You would think, right? But, you know, he, he delved too greedily and too deep, and good old Lipstick was just like, hey, how about you tip-throw through these tulips? And it
4: was like <laughs> the <other> <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, I had one more thing that I wanted to say really quick about, like, the ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the coolest sequence, personally, in the whole movie... Was the death of the like nineteen fifties family?
0: Oh man, yes. Their unsettling that is, the, that
2: is the one scene of the movie that actually has stuck with me from the first watching. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that scene. It's very effective. It's a good one.
0: I was, wh- the moment where they like. Okay, so this is this is a two part thing here, right? Elise says, "Remember." Josh, don't talk to people in the further. Don't alert people. The very first person's like, hello? Do you know where my son, the stolen child Dalton, is? Have you seen my my son? Dalton Lambert, you know, this is his social security number. You can find him here. In the further where I'm looking for him, And it's like, so firstly that he's but got he, one he, little he... fin and <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, after he tries and talk to the family, you know, yeah, he turns around, they get shot. He looks back. They're dead. And then he turns around and looks back again. And they're all right there. Yeah. And then the camera jumps and they're all smiling. The most uncomfortable smile. Yeah.
3: Ooh, I, I love it
4: so much. Creepy I smiles love are cool. that whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's the the one ghost. I don't care about Danzig ghost. I don't care about the Black Bride. I want to know what happened to that girl that made her snap and kill her whole family. Yeah,
2: what's going on there? And why are they Have all just l- constantly reliving her dad that whistling? moment?
4: That's a good point.
0: Her dad, firstly, top tier, best whistler that's ever lived. True, <laughs> true. But Apparently like, so. Do you want to listen to that man whistle and read the paper every day? I know I don't. I might have shot him too. <laughs> and so actually here's a here's a bit of further trivia. With the exception of those two sisters, every ghost in the further is played by a man in Shakespeare woman's makeup. Really Shakespeare did really it himself? Yes. No, like in Shakespearean style like yeah, woman's just makeup.
2: Like Cross dressing, more or less. Yeah.
0: Like that's what the entirety of the Further's vibe was. Huh. Is supposed
4: I, to be like you're watching the p- the play of these people's lives, mm-hmm. kind of a thing.
3: Mm-hmm. I Which, love that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't
0: know. It's it's just one of those like little details that like I don't know if I think it's like well that's really cool or if it's just like okay huh. that's a, right. that but, sure
4: is an artistic choice you made.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like. As, and especially because it does tie in more in the second movie, like, details of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does. It it's, does matter more later. I don't know. I just... I have I a figure question. I may as well bring it up because it's a thing that did exist. Yeah.
4: I have a question because of where Noah's cursor and his notes is hovering. Oh. Did anything actually become of the Red Door? Like, did that actually play into anything in the end?
1: no it's just that's where the demon's office
2: is isn't it oh was it behind the red door that's where that was yeah
4: right his office (laughs) which actually leads me
2: to some (laughs) questions that i have about lipstick face's office what is that is Is it the doll uh, collector is this a, a <laughs> liminal space in... I'm talking, like, the his whole, like, house that's in their attic behind the red door. Is this, mm-hmm. like, a liminal space that he has altered for his own uses? Or did he, like, make this out of th- things that he found in Dalton's mind? I don't think that it's Dalton stuff. Okay, so hold because on. Because I now. don't... Hold on. Okay. Because we got that spooky horse. And there's yeah. a rocking horse in the house. You're and right. And there's a drawing mm-hmm. on Dalton's wall of the horse yeah okay so that's a connection
1: i think that was mostly to show that he'd been traveling in there though right sure however
2: there is also a horse in the house
1: yeah
2: yeah and we are shown it pretty blatantly we're supposed to pay attention to it also though did you notice because uh, I didn't notice this on a first watch. I actually noticed this yesterday when I skimmed through it again to compare to my notes and see if I had missed things. When Renee goes up to the attic the first time, right at the start of the movie, to look for her uh, sheet music and stuff, uh, okay. when she mm-hmm. breaks the ladder that Dalton later cracks his head on, <laughs> um, oh, which actually more on that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So... When she, when she does that, she turns the light on and the ladder breaks, and she kind of sets it back. She looks over to the corner, and there's this little, like, furnace thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the window on the front of the furnace is the same shape and same look as the window into Lipstick Face's lab from where Dalton Ooh. is tied up. Huh. You know what? I didn't notice that. It's very – when you once you see it, it's really obvious that it's modeled after it because it's the same kind of shape. It's got the bars on the front the same way. So I can't help yeah. but think that there has to be a connection there.
4: There there could be. That's really interesting.
2: I am not
0: opposed to the concept that there's a connection.
2: It kind of felt to me like he kind of built that place specifically to be scary to Dalton. Because that's also the corner that that furnace is in, in the attic, is the corner that Dalton looks at when he starts screaming right after he hits his head.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Also, on that note, Renee, why didn't... When she went up there and that furnace kicked on by itself, that's not the kind of furnace to do that. Also, why is there a furnace in the attic?
2: She didn't do
4: anything the times that she should have done things.
0: Like like when she's hearing a voice saying, give it to me. I want it. I want it. Over her baby monitor. Yeah. She should have freaked out a little
2: quicker. Yeah.
0: I don't, like, I don't have kids. I don't (laughs) ever want to have kids. (laughs) I'm never going to have that, like... Level of I'm concerned for my child, but like, however, also I'm not stupid. I know when you like when you, you have hear something. Any you voice care about, on a baby you monitor, see, you
2: freak you, out and yeah, you go check out. Yeah, if you hear out, a right?
0: danger yeah. trigger thing, like any
2: paper voice paper, at all, I when you know it. that you're alone in the house, if you hear a voice yeah. in your baby's room, you freak out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't
4: think Renee and Josh are good parents, though, and here's my evidence for it that. Doesn't seem they, that way. <laughs> they named their second kid Foster. Who yep. names their child Foster and then also dotes over one of their sons way more than the other? I'm sorry. That's mean. Yeah.
0: Josh comes home with this brand new toy after being at work late. Here go, they Dalton, it to share Foster. it with your brother. And it's like, <laughs> Dalton gets a bowl for his cereal. Foster gets a mug. Poor and he's Foster. like, it's not big enough. You'll make do. And it's like.
1: <laughs> Poor Foster. Well, Foster's the real victim here. Foster was the one that got the toy when the dad came home. Was it? Yeah,
0: yeah Dalton was oh, really? upstairs already. Yeah. Oh. But you see Dalton playing with it by himself later. So, like, Uh. you know.
4: (laughs) Here's my other thing, R.E. You had this in your notes, too. But Foster's like, I see Dalton walking around late at night. And Bernay's just like weird and then does nothing about it she's just kind of
0: like that's a weird room. thing to say isn't it <laughs> <laughs> she clearly doesn't take what he's saying seriously she's just like yeah okay you can have a different room gosh yeah
2: and then <laughs> foster is like
0: extremely freaked out about it yeah also poor foster getting an award at school and, and he, he doesn't he's bring just it up. he doesn't feel like it's important enough for him to bring up to his parents I, is yeah. that because dalton is a bigger thing or is it because his parents just really don't care this is a major
2: subplot of Foster just being neglected. <laughs> <laughs> no, Also, his name's Foster. That poor kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know anyway, we already talked so,
1: about a, that. But. So Super actually, mild tangent Real I mean, quick. Yeah. So this movie's a spin-off mm-hmm. of Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends.
3: Oh, right.
1: Oh. I <laughs> never <laughs> saw that one.
2: That's why I didn't get it. Okay. Well, now you know. Now you All right, yeah. So, actually, more on... Renee not being a great mom, I have uh, a couple of things that I noticed in the subtext of this movie, I think, if you would let me go off on it for a minute. Sure. Like I have already gone off about so many things. (laughs) How dare you? I have done nothing but go off this episode, and I'm not about to stop now. So, Noah, you mentioned having all the living room knickknacks set up, but not the dishes. Did you notice? Yeah. The first thing that we see her do when she wakes up in the first of the movie, she grabs a handful of books and puts them on the shelf and then doesn't put any more books on that shelf. I thought that was kind of <laughs> yeah. weird. So I yeah, looked she at just the grabs book. her
0: musical self-help books.
2: Yeah, I looked at the book that's on the front there. We're shown it in a way that kind of makes me think that we're supposed to see it. And it's called Self-Healing Through Music, and the subtitle right. is Something About Developing Your Self-Esteem. So I'm kind of like, well, this is kind of weird. And then for the first half of the movie, we see a lot of her um, playing the piano, trying to write music and stuff. Did you guys catch Mm -hmm. the lyrics to the song that she was working on? I
4: I don't remember. I definitely observed them at the time and thought, "Mm, very interesting. And then I just kind of dashed them. But she seemed, I think the gist was that she was unhappy with where she was in life. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. The lyrics are, like, I'm looking west. I've always been looking that way. I'm going to be somebody, but I can't be her today. She's very unhappy in her current situation, probably leading into her being a bad parent. But here's Mm -hmm. another thing. There is this through line through the whole first half of the movie where the first thing that the demon reaches for here to try and hurt this family is it attacks her music. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it takes her music self-help book and all those other books and it throws them on the floor off of the shelf. Mhm. Mhm. It hides her sheet music in the attic. And then
4: Yeah, that's a good point.
2: And then when she puts on uh, that piano record to listen to it while she's taking the trash out. Right. It he switches it to his theme to song. His song. Yeah. It's it's he just trying try to take away her a lot. all of her little safe
0: things to be able to hurt her more and that's and th- really interesting yeah there's something else I noticed with the with her specifically as well when she's yelling at Josh about how he does not resolve his problems and he just kind of takes a big back seat to things she specifically says when we moved here what was it when, oh let's see um ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. oh I didn't actually write down what she said but she says I need this to be different than last time
2: Oh, I missed that I completely yeah missed
0: so that. she's yelling at him let's see I need to see if I can find
4: right because when I read the synopsis for the movie and it said that they had moved it said that they moved out of a haunted house in into a house that also seemed haunted but it was actually their kid I thought that the house that they moved into at the beginning of the movie might have been that's like second time because of when she said that oh but I later found out I was wrong <laughs>
0: But yeah, so I can't I can't find where it actually happened. But I'm pretty sure it's I'm like ninety nine percent sure it's when she was calling out Josh. Right. Um because like she she says, I can't have this be like last time and I'm like, Well what happened last time? What happened to this fan? Why Because they moved and she's taking time off from her job to work on music for her self help writing music trying trying,
2: to get away from something.
0: There is something she's, she's something trying that to that get she's over. Running
2: from. Okay, so I didn't catch all of those lines that you're talking about. I was mm-hmm. thinking that she just had like postpartum depression. Also a strong possibility. Also. Yeah. Because they do have that one child who is very young. I thought it seemed mm-hmm. likely. And Josh takes like kind of a peripheral interest in her
0: music.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But ultimately, just makes a joke out of it, which shows us that he's not taking the problem very seriously, which is why she needs to address
0: yeah, it. Yeah, because he tries him. to say, "Oh, I mean." I love your music. What music? All your music. And it's like, okay, okay, buddy. But
2: what one's your favorite? She never plays any music when he's home. She only does it when the house is empty. She doesn't even do it when the other kids are around. She Mm -hmm. only does it when it's just her and the baby. And she even puts the baby to bed first. She Mm -hmm. only works on this stuff when she's alone.
3: Hmm.
4: I liked how much focus there was on her at the beginning, and that's another reason why I disliked that Josh was made this huge focus in the third act, is because we had yeah. had way more character building for Renee, and then she's reduced to just yelling, Josh, follow my voice, yeah. for like the last bit Again, it's bit like of the two movie. separate
2: movies, because we have it two really separate is. protagonists. One that has almost no characterization beyond being an asshole, and one that has a ton, if you look for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: No, and... Like the thing is Josh has like one or two good moments like when he like when Renee's like, "Oh, I didn't get much unpacked today, and he's like, "You did great, sweetie. Good yeah. job, even the little bit that you got done. that's great. And like I was but like then he
0: but that sentence was right after he said something about she's like, "I'm sorry for being so short with you when you got home from work. Oh really? hadn't noticed.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh. And He's it's like, did he did he actually bag, not notice be because he can't pay attention to anything? Or was it actually just him being like, yeah, uh-huh. But I mean, I think we can all agree it's a good thing that he does have a nice couch. Because he just spent a <yeah>. decent <laughs> amount of that movie on that couch. <laughs>
4: All right, on that zinger, do we want to start wrapping things up at all? No, because i
0: got a couple other things I really want to talk about.
4: Oh, boo, go ahead.
0: I only have one other thing that
2: I wanted to talk about specifically, so let's go.
0: So, Lynn Shay dominates every single scene she is in. She does. Elise walks into that room, and she's just like, hi, I'm Elise. And every focus, every single thing is about her, and she's the only person in the entire movie I care about. Mm Yeah. And I love that. And, it's sh- it's, and it seems like it's made that way really intentionally, too. Mm-hmm. And the thing I love most about it is we end up, after she has the really cool scene where she's describing the demon above his bed, mm-hmm. which yeah. that picture, dead terrifying. I'm sad that the demon's eyes didn't actually glow red or, like, be totally black like yeah. they were described. And he had those weird yellow eyes. Yeah. yeah. Bums me out. So. Could have been That actually would have been the thing that might have saved the design
4: maybe so but
0: Almost. anyway um i love when she's giving the conversation about how dalton is astral projecting you know
3: mm-hmm.
0: i because josh is sitting here looking like a constipated mess <laughs> look worse and worse at the longer this conversation <laughs> about astral projecting goes on the more he's like i am not happy right now and i you know that calls back to him being all like mind wiped about what he used to do. But I love how it is something that makes him so uncomfortable that as soon as Renee's like, I would like to try this, he's like, this is the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. Get out of my house. (laughs) And Elise is like, all right, I'm not going to waste your time. And she just books it right out of there. She just
2: leaves. Yeah. I thought that was kind of odd. She doesn't try to convince him at all. She just leaves. But but then he takes one look at a couple of drawings and he breaks down crying and he's like well i guess this is it <laughs> right
0: the the way the light slowly drained from the scene and it turned like blue tinged further-esque during her describing mm-hmm. what astral projection is and all that also very good that was kind of neat yeah now that was one of the things i needed to bring up we cannot end this episode without talking about the seance
1: right yeah, that was really cool is
0: that what you wanted to talk about jeff Uh, No, I wanted to talk about um, the
2: detectives a little bit.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I loved the seance scene so much. I love how she's like, I'm going to be talking really quiet, so... uh, What was his name? Specs. Specs. Yeah, but like Steven. They never say his real name. I don't think they are. No, she says says his name.
2: No, she just says... She yells "specs" when he gets thrown into a wall. No, because she's like, because she's like Steven Tucker does she say that
4: yeah I don't remember that when he gets well, thrown into think. a
2: wall she says Specs and I thought that well, was
0: pretty weird yeah that that's weird like that's the time to bust out the real name but like I love how she has this big gas mask where she's just like I'm <laughs> I love the way they have the, the helmet oh, with like the hose that
2: leads to the headphones. I thought that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really I cool, but
1: really fucking creepy. They kept having those yeah, shots from inside was. her mask showing her I like was vision. Just about to bring that and out. I kept thinking yeah. like I something that. was gonna be there. Yeah. yeah.
0: I love those shots so much. They were it was just like it was a very uncomfortable claustrophobic mm-hmm. shot. That she's just, like, jerking her head around a little bit and looking at everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And meanwhile, you got Tucker walking around the perimeter, and he's just, like, waiting for his cameras to take pictures of ghosts punching right. the table and stuff like that. And then Dalton just comes in, and he's just like, get out. <laughs> 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 <Run>. <laughs>
2: uh, one other thing that i really liked about the mask this is actually another thing uh that made me laugh during the movie um i, mm-hmm. I saw a video one time where somebody had a gas mask that was in that style but they oh. altered the hose so they could just stick it around the end of a bong yeah <laughs> bong and masks. they just smunk the weed <laughs> <laughs> So I assume that's what she does when she's not seancing. Oh, without a doubt.
4: Makes sense. You know, one thing I love about Elise before we move on to the detectives, because I feel this way about the detectives too, sometimes you get a character in a movie where, like, you think they're pretty cool, but you can tell that the writers thought they were the bomb in a very loving way, not in a, we think this character is cool, so you have to, but in a, <laughs> we love this character, and I get that so much in the way that elise is written where she like shows up and she's like hello i am elise and she's very sweet (laughs) and then she just has so many good moments i i you can feel the love that they had for her in the way that she's portrayed on screen and i love
2: that about her so that actually links into me talking about the detectives because me talking about the detectives has to link into me talking a little bit about poltergeist i'm going to try to hold back here because okay. we're not talking about Poltergeist today, and we're going to talk about similarities between this movie and Poltergeist another time. But I have to mention today that this movie seems to me like it is James Wan's attempt at making his own version of Poltergeist.
4: I can't James wait to Wan watch Poltergeist. has said
2: that, that he is a huge Poltergeist fan. It was like a game changer for him. So mm-hmm. we know that that influence is present. And I could not help but see it everywhere in this movie.
0: The moment that the detectives showed up.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So. Mm-hmm. And Specs and Tucker are the detectives, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And Elise,
2: sure. Elise as well, fits into a part of it. And the way that Elise is shot fits into that as well. Not going to go into detail about that. I will talk about that on a later episode. When we are talking about Poltergeist and when we're talking about the similarities between this movie and Poltergeist. In any case, I love that the detectives don't have the jobs that you would expect them to have. Because Mm Specs is the more like traditionally nerdy looking guy, so you would expect him to know more about the equipment. But Mm -hmm. he could not care less about the equipment. He makes fun (laughs) of it all the time.
0: Like, it's Nerd. actually just kind of modified toys and yeah. tucker just looks at him like and tucker's like Excuse up. me." he's
4: like that is uncalled <laughs> for yeah, i love very how tucker <laughs> is like
0: the the bigger
2: like less nerdy seeming guy but he is <laughs> so much more into that stuff than specs is
0: yeah a picture is worth a thousand words well uh Word, words are worth
2: a thousand words, a thousand words. I <laughs> yeah. loved the <that> extreme
1: <laughs>
2: everything about the way that those two talk to each other is so great because it feels like they are far deeper characters than what they are actually shown to be in the movie you know because yeah. their part in the movie is pretty small but the particular characterization to them I mean actually looking at it knowing that Lee Wannell wrote the movie it makes
0: sense that he gave himself one of the best roles but <laughs> <laughs> yeah and honestly those roles are something I'm very happy with too with how fleshed out every character in this movie feels. Yeah,
2: like, without like actually Lorraine, having to right? see very much of Specs and Tucker, mm-hmm. we feel like we know them.
1: Yeah. Without yes.
2: seeing too much of Elise, we feel like we know her. Without seeing too much from Lorraine even, we feel like we know her. Yeah. Yeah. The only character the character everyone has we a don't place. know
1: about Foster. <laughs> Poor Foster. <laughs> Poor Foster. <laughs> I was about to <laughs> say honestly the person we have
0: <laughs> the person we know the least about is Dalton, in my opinion, because Foster even gets more character development because he's awake longer than Dalton is. That's true. true. Dalton is comatose for two thirds of
4: this. Dalton movie. is a non-character and not to draw parallels to uh, Stranger Things again, but he does remind me a lot of Will in the way that, like, he's just kind of there.
0: <laughs> His name is very important. His
2: name is extremely I was, was going to say he's kind of a Princess Peach
4: very much because we see him Mm. at the
2: beginning of the movie just enough to get the impression that we're supposed to care about him and then the whole rest of the movie is about getting him back
1: yeah
4: his one scene with his mom at the beginning is so sickeningly sweet and boring that i (laughs) knew something bad was gonna happen to him (laughs) Ooh, woo. is there a picture of me as a little kid? Oh, sweetie, yeah, you, you are a little kid.
0: <laughs> then, what yeah. about Dad? Your father can't take your any father of or, your father was can't never take a child. Pictures. He doesn't know how to hang on to pictures. Your father sucks. <laughs> Lorraine's just like, oh, you got him to sit still for a picture, and there's freaking Patrick Wilson with his I got a poop face, like <laughs> clearly unhappy. I feel like he does take.
2: have an I got a poop face for the majority of this movie, doesn't he? <laughs>
4: Part of Lorraine's, like, surprise at her taking a picture of him, I'm sure she was more than a little bit worried that maybe that played into what was going on with the ghosts and shit. (laughs) She had to have been like, oh, fuck, she was so close to him last time. What, this picture, did he finally, like, get got?
0: (laughs) So, on that note, and then, because I think it's about time to wrap up at this point, but, like, on the note of the bride in black did you guys see the moment that she took him over was because it when they were
4: yelling at each? because she was, it he is, was yelling yeah at her? it's
0: a very it's a very cool little moment because yeah. originally you see him just she's in the hallway with him and he's like what do you want what do you want but then it ends up switching and you see there's a mirror and she's mm-hmm. looking into a mirror and he's on the dark yeah, side of it mirror opens and up she's and he's, in he's shouting building.
2: into the mirror but then it switches and she's the yeah. one it's looking so oh. yeah. honestly
4: that ending was so everything about from that moment to when the movie ended ended
1: i thought the switch I, happened because like he was yelling at her through the mirror or whatever and then dalton got back and everything ended and the last thing you saw of him was yelling in the mirror and then he wakes up and so i thought the switch happened like off screen like he didn't make it back and she took over his body while he was distracted oh yeah and so i didn't catch that that like switch happened like yeah in no that i scene. definitely
4: I definitely mm-hmm. got what you're saying, Emma. I think that that all like definitely plays into it too, where like Dalton was about to get back, which was gonna close off like the window for uh for Josh to get out, and she did distract him long enough to keep him away from getting back to his body while Dalton was like finishing that up. So I definitely see what you're
0: saying. Mm-hmm. I I it it does call into question the demon hierarchy, in my opinion because we have the lipstick guy being a clear contender for the man in charge he but it also like kind of the seems like charge but it really seems like the bride was I, calling a lot of the shots i
4: think she had here's my thing i think when elise described the ghost wine to get into dalton it seemed like he had the biggest claim on dalton my theory is that the black bride had the biggest claim on josh Mm-hmm. Like she oh, had I mean, already, she, did. Okay. she had already claimed Josh, and she the demon was like, the demon was like, screw Josh, I don't even need that guy. There's this kid right here. You can have him. I don't care about that guy. That's how I saw uh, it.
0: Okay, I, I don't know. I I enjoy this movie a lot. I think it's really fun. I think the more we see of the demon, the worse he is. <laughs> yeah. I wish. Even when he was crawling on the walls, that was yeah. the only moment that he had that moment of, oh, he's scary again. Go, man. Back. It's
1: because he was CGI and there, and so they did a little bit more to kind of, like, make his appearance and movements, like, yeah, more, like, unnatural. Mm-hmm. When he, like, punched Once through
4: the wall while he was running on it, fuck yeah. That was
2: nice. One thing that I actually do kind of like is that we see him move so little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time that we see him, he's, like, sitting still, and then you look away, and you look back, and he's sitting still somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of the way that, like, cats move when they're trying to attack something. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, you wouldn't mm-hmm. see him moving because he doesn't want you to realize what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. And
2: also, it, it feeds into making him seem less natural, because you're not seeing him do the natural things, you're just seeing him be places. Yeah. However, that's completely ruined by the way that he's so out of breath every time he gets there.
1: So you know he yeah. ran there. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh someone God. who hasn't watched horror movies really that was it was I feel like you guys talked about like it's a good introduction and in that it's not like super duper duper creepy for like a ghost like horror movie um and it's not like super bloody it is like a good kind of PG-13 intro and I would I would give it a solid like seven and a half I enjoyed it I give it an eight
4: I was saying a seven when I when I talked to my roommates who wanted my opinion directly after I saw it I I told them a seven yeah so I'll stick with that so
0: I know I said I was done but here is actually the last thing that I'm gonna bring up okay I have one okay. more thing that I forgot about as well. <laughs> cool. So during the séance, we, we are talking to Dalton. This is the third and, time Noah's bringing up the séance. Yeah, it's a good scene, okay? During <laughs> the séance, Dalton pops up and they're like, "Hey Dalton, what's going on?" He's like, "Please be quiet. They will hear you and hurt me." And they're yeah. like, "Dalton, you're a dumb child. <laughs> Come on Let's back home." And they're like, and he's just like, "No." Please stop talking. They will hear you and hurt me. And they're like, "Dalton, please just come back." And you know, he's like, "Well, they found me, and now they're hurting me. Thanks for nothing." <laughs> but then, and then the demon starts talking. Well, the demon starts talking. And he interjects with his like, "You bitch, you whore, blah 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 blah." But where else are those exact lines used in this movie? Are those exact lines used in this movie? They are used again Oh when the woman in black takes over Josh's body oh, and right. he kills Elise. Oh. Here's a theory. Here's a theory. That wasn't the demon. woman in black came in and obstructed Elise, and the demon was like, well, shit. And he took that moment to hijack Dalton and was that close to getting away with it, but it just didn't end up working out. Honestly, the demon might even have blasted enough power that the uh, bride had to back off. Holy fuck! Because he was just kind of like in his whole scene there, but I oh. don't know if that's true. But I like that know. theory though. That's cool. I,
4: it do- that's cool. I I actually had that thought about how the only person to call her a bitch was the black bride at the end there. Yeah, and I didn't and make it that did, And we don't really hear the demon talk at yeah. all. No, he well, talk.
0: We the demon is a pretty wholesome dude. He likes Tiny Tim. <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> Would yeah,
2: he swear? He just, he just likes collecting so. dolls and sharpening his gloves. and. Yeah. Are
0: those gloves or are those supposed to be his actual his fingers? fingers. They look because... like gloves. They're metal.
4: Oh, they did have like a cap. It looked like a cap, too, like on his fingers.
0: He's yeah. wearing Edge's rings.
4: Yes, that's what it looks like. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> but that, that is, let's see, the bloody handprint in the bed. Yeah. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was actually also done with lipstick. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Okay. Listen, I like the Demons just yeah, looks like you guys got to get. Dude, stop they getting, straight up so are jealous. edges
4: rings though. Well, that's <laughs> I, a much I, better picture. Of I looked demon up this, this picture of the, in the demon, movie. and he's literally wearing like those like metal things that uh, that like edge. For context, edges uh, Noah and Jeff's younger sister, and she has these cool little like metal claw rings, and I'm... that's one hundred percent what lipstick face demon is wearing. I'm so it angry because that like
0: picture it. she showed me is the best shot of the demon that never appears in the movie. I will movie. send it to it the group o- It is the best looking thing. Oh, I couldn't find a good shot of
2: him. I wanted to see Because you can't, try
0: there's do. no good shots in
2: the movie is the no, problem. none. There's none at all. I don't know, It's his gloves look to me like goth Freddy Krueger claws. Yeah, that's
0: you pretty know, much You know, like it. if
2: you were to take the, the, the Freddy claw and try to make it look good Add instead Add some filigree. Of be what it, is. yeah, and also like, why does he have that office? What's he need it for? Is it just a place for him to keep
1: his dolls? What's he doing? I'm
4: trying to figure out if this is a cosplay or not.
1: I think I found that exact picture that you're talking about.
4: Yeah, where he's like reaching towards the camera.
1: Oh no, <laughs> no. Well, anyway,
0: I think that's a we cosplay. really.
1: Should, i think it's it probably a
0: cosplay we it's should a good cosplay
1: all right one final thing Jeff wanted one more
2: thing i think yep. there is a recurring theme in this movie of parents unintentionally setting their children up for failure
3: mm. because dalton
2: would not have broken that ladder he's not heavy enough
4: that's a good if point. renee hadn't
2: broken it first and then put it back he would have been okay but rather than you know taking the broken rung out of the ladder or moving the ladder or whatever, or, just or even not just telling him not place, to use the ladder or telling him not to go into the attic at all. Instead or, of all of that, yeah. she puts it back and makes it look like it's safe. and then he grabs it and falls and hits his head.
4: But and Lorraine does the same thing with Josh by just wiping his memory. Josh
2: by wiping it exactly instead of actually teaching him how to deal with his problem, she just pulled him away from it and made sure that he was unaware of it. And that wound up screwing him over in the end. And that's actually what screws Dalton over as well. Because if, Dal- if, if Josh had been aware of his astral projecting, he could have taught Dalton how to do it safely, and they wouldn't have
1: had any issues. But with the latter specifically, like, I like this yeah. idea a lot. Um, but the latter specifically, she bre- breaks the first rung on the ladder and he breaks he doesn't break it until like five rungs up
4: no i think that's the one one that she breaks she
2: it was the one that 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 she's standing on she breaks the one
0: that she's holding on to because no she no no, she she breaks like the the third third one up because patrick wilson only needs to step up one rung to reach the cord and she needed to go up like two or
4: three and she, yeah, she didn't even put her full weight on it. It was just one that she was, like, leaning on when it broke. Yeah. And then he, then the kid definitely would have need to go, gone up all, like, three or four of those. Any, any, yeah.
1: Wow, that was a stutter if I've ever made one. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But no, that is. I've probably got a ton of them. That is a good theory. Uh, slash thought. But on that theory slash thought, let's wrap it up. Yeah. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. A huge thank you to everyone who listened to the podcast today. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Casual Horror Pod and on Facebook at the same address. I don't think we're actually going to really do anything with the Facebook, but you know what? Maybe we will. Who even knows? We don't know. This is, this is episode one. Yeah, <laughs> We're really <only> figuring <laughs> this shit out. We're just getting <laughs> into it. So yeah, uh, here we are. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope Noah. our opinions weren't too wrong for you. They yeah, and if they
4: were, wrong. tell us. Interaction gets gets our, uh, like, algorithms flowing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That really grinds my algorithm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tweet us about how much you hate what I think and how you hate the way that I talk about it so much.
4: Yeah, definitely do that. I will not cry about it at night, I promise.
1: Yeah. Um, right. But as a final... Um, again, I'm Emma. You can find me at MJADE2017. That's E M J A D E2017 on Twitter. Um, if you want to talk to me, you can find me there.
4: Yep. Uh, and I'm Nina. You can find me at Nina Wolverina on basically anywhere that people post things. Um, but if you're specifically looking for my horror takes, Look at House Usher Rises on Twitter. That is where I post my reviews and my more horror-geared art.
0: Uh, I'm Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D. Please do talk to me. <laughs> he is I am lonely. very
3: lonely. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: And uh, you can
2: find me on Twitter at boba wubadab b u b b a d u b b a d a b a d a b a d a b b a d a b a d.
1: That is that's not right, is it? There wasn't even a W in there. That was baba I sound like
0: everyone in Gary's mod.
1: uh, Next time we will be discussing the movie Poltergeist. Uh, I imagine we're watching so Jeff the original, talk about not it. the remake, right? Yes, that would be correct. The correct. original
2: and not the remake. Okay,
1: so if you would like to watch that before the next episode comes out, so you have a better idea of what we're talking about as the episode progresses, please feel free to do that. Um, but until it's then, on Netflix
2: right now. Yeah,
1: it's on Netflix. But until then, uh, we'll catch you next time. Stay spooky.
3: Happy (laughs) (laughs) Spookies.
1: Okay, there we go.